Since this show took the air and share some of our favorite memories, also look back on our time celebrating Thanksgiving and dive into the X's and O's of sponsorship. What you need to know on how all this works, a little 411 on the sponsorship front in NASCAR in just a little while from right now. And before we get to that, a reminder as always, we are presented by Whataburger. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot and prepared, just like you like it. Want jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. David Starr joins us right now. David, hope you had a good Thanksgiving, my friend. What's going on in your world? You just got back from Houston, right? Man, I, uh, we enjoyed Thanksgiving with uh, our family. And then uh, me and my boys uh, jumped in my pickup truck and drove down to Houston, went to the Houston Autorama. <clears throat> been going to the Houston Autoramas where they have all the hot rods and uh, man, there's thousands of hot rods and all kinds of cool muscle cars uh, in the George R. Brown Convention Center there downtown Houston. And we drove uh, left Dallas Friday night and drove to Houston, spent the night, got up early in the morning, went to the George R. Brown Convention Centers, probably walked 20 miles <laughs> looking at a bunch of cool cars and uh, then we uh, went across the street, ate at Papacitos, one of my favorite Mexican restaurants downtown. And uh, and then we walked across the street to the Toyota Center and watched the Houston Rockets beat the um, the Charlotte Hornets. It was a pretty awesome day and night. We had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Sounds like it. And uh, Dominic Aragon from the RacingExperts.com is here as well. Dominic, how we feeling? Hope you had a good Thanksgiving, man. Man, I had a great Thanksgiving. Got to spend that back in Grants, New Mexico with my parents, my grandparents, my aunt, Uncle Ramon, and their son, Anthony, and Roman. And brother came to town. It was a great time. Getting to see a lot of family I hadn't seen in a while. And spent the weekend up in Santa Fe with my girlfriend, Felice. So a lot of fun. It was a great weekend. A lot of good downtime. And, yeah, definitely a good time. How was your Thanksgiving, dude? It was good. And I got to tell you guys, you know, one of my favorite parts of Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving was my favorite holiday is that not only you get the food, but you get the leftovers, the food that you eat for the next several days. I just now finished the rest of my turkey, and we're five days since Thanksgiving. So I think that, David, I probably had some good timing on that. Another day might have been too long on that Thanksgiving leftovers. Man, I'm kind of with you. I love Thanksgiving. I just love family. We all get together and just, man, the dinner and all the food and pies and, oh, my God, and uh, – Man, uh, Tyler, the, the leftovers are even better, man. It seems like it gets better two or three days later, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, man, Thanksgiving, uh, just for family, for everybody, just to reflect on what we're thankful for. But, man, it was just uh, – I just love Thanksgiving, just like y'all, you guys, man. It's a fun time, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, uh, Dominic, uh, I, I know that – you, you and your family had a good time too. Everything good, go good with uh, with your holiday, man. I would say so, man. And like how we were talking last week, what our favorite dish was. Yeah, here in New Mexico, it's not Thanksgiving if you don't put red chili sauce on everything. So everything was just smothered and covered in red chili. And 
I'm with you, David. You have to have leftovers. And I, I feel like the leftovers, and you and I might be in the minority on this, the leftovers taste a little bit better than Thanksgiving sometimes. The Thanksgiving meal is great, but the leftovers just hit different. Man, no, no, no doubt about it, man. No, man, it just, I wish we had Thanksgiving two or three times a year, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, guys, uh, a monumental moment for us here on Let's Go Racing as it was this day one year ago that we actually launched Let's Go Racing with David Starr, and we recorded it on a Monday night. It was November 30th. We released it on December 1st, and a few months later, we shifted the schedule a little bit to do our show on a Tuesday nights and released it on Wednesday, but Nonetheless, uh, David, where has the time gone? I mean, we've had so much fun doing this show, whether it's been nights like this where it's the three of us or guests that we brought in. Where, where's the time gone? We've had so much fun. What, what comes to mind? Are you some of your favorite memories this past year doing this show, David? Man, it's just, uh, it just you know, it's uh, such a – man, I love it to have the opportunity for you guys to us to talk about the news of the week and the races and analyze uh, – you know the pat the race from the from the past weekend and uh, uh, but man you just the podcast just a year just seems like it goes by so quick you know it's like you know we we do our podcast on Tuesday nights y'all air it Wednesday and then next thing you know it's like man it's time to do the podcast again it just time flies when you're having a good time but man some of my favorite moments have been uh, I think. Uh, you know, having Mike Skinner and Brendan gone and Jeff Bodine and Jeff Hammond and just, man, we've had some really, uh, some of my great friends and uh, some superstars of the sport on here. I just thought that's just been uh, awesome to have, uh, you know, all our guests to join in on us and uh, and to give us their insight on the sport and uh, from their perspective and learn a little bit more about them. But uh, I think one of my favorite one is when, uh, Last December, when we did a, a podcast from my, uh, you know, with my Christmas tree in the background and my wife joined in on us, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, that, that was pretty neat deal. But man, what a, what a, it's amazing. It's been a year, but man, it's been cool. You know, I, I remember when both of you guys came to me with this idea of let's do this podcast. And man, I think it took me a while to really wrap my arms around it. And, uh, you know, uh, y'all were very uh, uh, patient with me, but very uh, persistent, and uh, it's been pretty cool, man. It's it's a lot of fun, and I remember thinking, it's like podcast. What you know? What are we gonna talk about? You know what I mean? And uh, but man, there's never uh, there's never a shortage for things and topics to talk about when you talk about stock car racing and our whole racing industry. That's for sure. Yeah, that's uh, for certain. It's been a lot of fun to do this show this past year. And Dominic, uh, you and I, you know, we we've, we wanted to do a NASCAR show of some sorts for a long time, but we didn't know exactly how we wanted to do it. And, you know, I had the idea of let's get David involved. And a couple months later, this thing came together pretty fast of when we had the idea of when we, st and then when we started the show, it's certainly been a lot of fun. And and uh, to do it with the three of us, I mean, we're, we're not only just, you know, co-hosts. I mean, we're, we're three of the best of friends of some sorts. I mean, this is real what the people see every week. Oh, of course. And to think it all started with a great conversation, Championship Weekend 2019, Homestead, Miami, a few weeks before the pandemic hit. 
and we're just kind of sitting sharing ideas. But yeah, Tyler, you're the one that really took the lead on it. And you're like, hey, I got an idea here. Let's let's collaborate with David. We've talked about doing something in the past. Let's make it happen. Let's take it to that next step. You did. And we always give Sherry Eaton, the late Sherry Eaton, a lot of credit for bringing us together and kind of mentioned the idea. But yeah, Tyler, I I don't think you, you can really say enough on like how much you're a big reason this show is existing to one year into this as well. Because not only the persistence and making sure it happened, but doing all the logistics and all the, the background work to make this show work. I, I can't believe we're a year on it, but yeah, Tyler, you're a big reason we're here today. And man, it's been a lot of fun doing this, this whole ride with you guys. Never would have thought we'd be doing this a whole year. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Tyler. I, yeah. Well, you thank me, but we wouldn't be here without you guys either. So I mean, not, not enough about me as far as that goes. Dominic, what's, what's some of your favorite memories of this, uh, this past year, man? I would say, Doing the show in December when we had the families on, like how David said, he had he and Kim, they were in the Christmas tree. You had your dad on. I got to have the guy I look up to, not just because he's taller than me, but my little brother who's just kicking some butt in life. And we got to have him on the show. That has to be one of my favorite memories for sure. Having Jeff Bodine on, all the guests we've had to all the live shows. And I was telling you before we started the show, Tyler, I don't really get starstruck. That's not something that's really happened to me, but I will say it was one of the cooler moments when we were doing our champions themed shows in May and we're getting our show ready for Mario Andretti and on the zoom thing, it says Mario Andretti has entered the weight room. <laughs> I have to say that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I haven't had to take a photo of that. That was pretty cool. That was one of those snapshot in time moments for sure. And having him on the show and just all the guests we've had and the dynamic that we have built here with the three of us, there's some great chemistry here. There's just so many cool memories that have happened. I'm curious what some of your favorite memories are, Tyler. Yeah, you know, for me, Mario Andretti certainly comes to mind. You know, that was one that uh, when I got that confirmed that we're going to bring him on that I'm certainly excited for. But uh, when we had Willie T. Ribs on, that was one for me, guys, that was all-encompassing. It was not only a learning experience, not only a situation where we were bringing on a big name in Willie T. Ribs, but emotional, too. I found myself just touched, you know, and and watching his documentary on Netflix afterwards and seeing more about his story and such. That was one where, you know, I learned so much after having him on and watching his documentary where I felt like I was a better person for getting to know Willie and knowing his story. So that to me is one that stands out is when we had Willie T. Ribs on uh, and, and just all the, the life lessons that came about that. And, you know, that's what's made this show so unique at times is that we have a lot of fun. We laugh and we have a great time, but we get real at some sometimes on this show too. And we're not afraid to open up and share where we come from and where we've been. And, and I felt like we really opened up things when uh, Willie T came on when, uh, when he was here uh, back in June, I believe it was, when he was here on uh, Let's Go Racing. Uh, David, uh, that, that was a special moment, wasn't it? Man, that was very special. You know, been, uh, having raced with Willie and becoming and not only just racing against him as uh, having him be a, a great competitor, but becoming good friends with him uh, back in 2003, I think it was, when he drove for the late, great Bobby Hamilton. Uh, I don't know. We just we just developed a friendship, uh, you know, uh, over time. And, man, he was just a cool dude to be around. 
And uh, I didn't, you know, I knew there was a lot of history, a lot of IndyCar history and Trans Am road racing history with Willie T. But I didn't really understand it completely until I was on a, a flight on American Airlines and I watched his documentary. And I, I mean, I had to say, man, I was looking to my left and my right because I, I had some tears coming down my cheeks, man. It was very emotional. And uh, him being a friend of mine, I didn't realize that the, the barriers uh, that he, that, you know, he, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't easy for him. Uh, he made the driving part look easy and, and, and the successes he had and the races he won. And, you know, he was a force to be reckoned with and, uh, man, he was on top of this game, but, you know, but learning, uh, you know, uh, some of the, uh, some of the things that, uh, that nobody should ever have to go through, uh, just to prove yourself, you know, the talent was there, but, just because your skin color was different from others, you know, was a little bit more of a challenge to him. And, and just hearing you speak about him, it was a very uh, emotional interview. Uh, you you kind of, when we were done, it, it really made you, uh, you know, it was educational. And, and I, you felt, I don't know, I just felt even proud to have a friend like Willie T. Ribs, you know, and uh, man, it, it did make you a better person, you know, and uh but man, what a great guest he was. You know, and, and Tyler, to, to kind of add on to that too, and just sharing some of these other memories, and maybe I'm backtracking a couple steps, but there's just so many cool moments on this show over the last year. And David, you orchestrated getting Joe Dan Bailey on our show. I believe that was in April or March of last year. Mm -hmm. And kind of like how we've learned a lot during these shows. I don't know if you felt the same way, Tyler, but as somebody who obviously has never driven at the professional level, only at the local short track level, when you hear somebody like Joe Dan Bailey come on the show, have an engineering background, and like talk about his experiences working with Dale Earnhardt to working with Toyota Racing Development, how they developed their drivers, I really felt like I was a better student of the sport after that episode because you have somebody come on like that who has such a depth of knowledge about the sport, and they explain it in a way where you're hinging on every word they had to say. That episode with Joe Dan Bailey, I felt like I should have been taking notes in some sort of classroom because school was in session. Joe Dan Bailey was the professor, and I learned a lot in that show. Yeah, I think that was a great way to put it. And, uh, you know, the I think one of the things that uh, that gets my attention, too, is the the ins and outs of this, this sport. Um, Dominic, I mean, you and I, we obviously haven't raced. We haven't been on any pit crews or anything like that. But we are students of the game, as they say. And, you know, hearing from the likes of Joe Dan Bailey of how things work behind the scenes in driver development, from the likes of Mike Skinner to how things go down in the truck series to Jeff Hammond telling us about not only being a crew chief but the media side, to me that's been my biggest joy is somebody that has loved this sport, been a fan for a long time, is, is being a student of the game, learning about this sport, the ins and outs, this show, I feel like I know so much more about this sport than I would have had we ever not done this show, Dominic. I totally agree on that. I've learned so much, and, and you always want to have that mentality where you never stop learning. You want to continue to learn more about anything that you're involved in, and this show has definitely given me that avenue for it. And one of my other favorite memories, too, to share, and David, you can kind of chime in on this, too, right? So a little bit behind the scenes and a little backstory on this. We try to schedule our guests out a week to two out and sometimes a few weeks out even so if the schedule permits. But, hey, life happens. 
and guests we've had just haven't panned out in the past or like a day before, hey, so-and-so can't make it. We got to push him to next week. So David and I are scrambling on the phone. We get Tyler, hey, who are we going to get on our show? I got to say, that's a lot of fun pulling that together too because they always say the best products come out sometimes when you're kind of backed up against the wall and hey, life happens. But those are some of my favorite memories too. Like, okay, working the phones. Who are we going to get on our show this week when we've had the, the lineup and the block of guest day? That's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. And uh, uh, I don't know if I call it fun or stressful. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I mean, we've had times where we were calling people up before the show even started to find somebody at the, the 11th hour. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and, you know, some of my favorite times, to be honest with you, is when we did it live. I think the two Texas races when we were all together uh in a condo after we got through racing and having a live audience uh i thought that was really uh it was kind of cool to have a live audience as we do our show our podcast and i just thought that was kind of a a special moment for us you know what i mean and uh I, that's some of my favorite stuff right there yeah there's nothing yeah. like beating a live audience on something like that I mean, we take these as if we are talking to a live audience but that energy you just feed off that energy that first show Dave we did back in June we probably had what 30 people in the condo 25 people and you could you just we just fed off the energy the same in the October race and there's just a different element to doing that live and yeah it's a lot of fun no doubt we just uh we uh so from this we're just gonna make it bigger and better guys that's it yeah, uh, a lot of great stuff ahead. Uh, we're one year in, but we're really just getting started here on a Let's Go Racing with uh, David Starr uh, each and every week. And it's been a lot of fun, and and uh, we got some great stuff down the pipe that certainly we'll be working on and some good stuff to announce over the next few weeks as we're uh, leading closer to the clash from the Coliseum in Los Angeles. Guys, uh, what we want to focus on in – over the next few weeks with these off-season shows, we get to dive into more things that we typically don't get to talk about during normal race weekends. And, you know, if you recall, in the early shows, we spent these off-season episodes looking back at David's career and talking about his time in the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. Highly encourage you, by the way, to go back and check out those shows. They're still very good and they're available if you, if you wish. But today we want to put our focus on sponsorship and how this works. And, you know, for most NASCAR fans out there, we, everyone knows that this sport runs on sponsorship. But David, I don't think most people realize what exactly goes into it, kind of the ins and outs. And we want to make this as simple as possible to explain to the folks at home to give that inside baseball sort of view. So, David, let you start here. Where does it all begin? A team looking for a sponsor to fund their team so they can go out there and race. Where does it all begin? Let's go from there. Where does it start? Well, you know, our sport – NASCAR, all racing for years, you know, drivers were just hired drivers, you know, uh, you know, a team owner would go to, you know, watch and see, go to a local short track or see who was winning in the ARCA series, the NASCAR Winston West series, which is now the K&N series, and uh, look at who the hot shoe was, who's running the top five week in and week out, 
and they would give somebody an opportunity to drive a truck or, or a bush car called, called back then. Uh, you know, so when I came into NASCAR racing in 1997, 1998, you know, I feel like I drove my way here. Uh, people gave me opportunities because they thought they thought I had what it took, you know, and I felt like that, uh, you know, I kind of earned my way here. And you fast forward, you know, 17 years later, and uh, a lot of the great drivers, Mike Skinner, who was once my teammate, Jack Sprague, Dennis Setzer, Johnny Benson, uh, on and on and on, you know, uh, what happened to those guys? Where'd they go? David Green, uh, you know, just uh, uh, lot, lots of great race car drivers that, that we race week, race with week in and week out. And, you know, the, the, the way the sport works today is, you know, a lot of these team owners are looking for talented race car drivers but they're also looking uh, for some uh, a, a race car driver being a female or a male uh, that can bring some funding with them, you know. And I, I would say 90% of the team owners are looking for that because, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, man, when you got these big race shops with all this equipment and all these personnel and 18-wheelers and you know, it's it's expensive. It's expensive to crisscross America and race in any any NASCAR series, national series, truck series, Xfinity or Cup. And uh, so the team owners are looking for great race car drivers that have also uh, that have funding with them, if that makes sense. So. You know, and, and, you know, there's some great, great race cars, all, race car drivers all over the United States. And, uh, but when you start pinpointing uh, or saying, well, hey, this guy or this girl's really good short track racer or road, tra or road course racer, road racer, uh, now, which one of these great race car drivers have funding with them, have a sponsor? Or, uh, or their grandparents or their family, mom and dad or grandparents are willing to put up, the family's willing to put up some money uh, to bring to the racing team so their, their son or grandson or granddaughter can drive for that team. And, and it seems like the whole industry, uh, we heard it for years, you guys have probably heard it for years, the IndyCar racing was like that for a long time, way before that happened in NASCAR. And uh, now, you know, 90% of the team owners are looking for a great race car driver, but also that has a lot of funding behind them, whether it be sponsorship or family money. So that's basically, you know, what we deal with uh, in, in, you know, towards the end of the season, into the winter is trying to have enough funding or sponsorship to be able to continue the following year. Yeah, and with, with that being said, one of the things that I think about, and Dominic's probably thought about this too, is that is talent good enough anymore, David? I mean, if you are the best of the best, but you don't have any funding behind you, what do you do at that point here? Is there a path to get there if you don't have mom or dad or grandpa with some money behind you of some sorts? Well, I mean, you know, that's one of the things that's different in the sport today from when I came in. And, man, you know, I think just for the health of the sport, 
you know, if, you, if there's a young girl out there or a young kid out there uh, that's very talented, that's just naturally talented driver, you would hope uh, that one day they would end up in NASCAR because, you know, everybody races in NASCAR. Most of them are track champions here or there, earn that way there. But it's a little bit different these days, you know. Um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and hey, everybody's different. You know, my story and how I got there and how I sustain it is different from, you know, all your other competitors. Everybody's got their own story and how they're able to race at the level we race at. Uh, but, uh, you know, but what you said, Tyler, there, there are, there is, and, and there, there are lots of great race car drivers out there that could perform and win and race good and have the talent to race in NASCAR, but they might not ever get that opportunity because they don't have funding behind them, you know, and only thing, you know, only thing, uh, you know, that, you know, I know you guys and myself would just tell you. It's just, you know, how bad, how bad do you want it? You know, if it's everything you could ever want and you don't mind the sacrifices, uh, you know, and just getting on the phone, begging and borrowing and just, you know, you just, you can't stop until you make it, you know, until you find funding or find a sponsor, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I would just, you know, so much to it, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's like, hey, man, every every racing team, every driver, everybody needs a sponsor, you know, but, but you know, you got to make sure that the companies, the, the sponsors, the companies, whether it's a, you know, whether who, whoever that company may be, you know, they're coming into a sport uh, that has a national uh, television presence, uh, the digital media, social media. You know, our, our, our industry, the eyeballs on it is, I don't even have the statistics, but it's off the charts. You know, you guys know the statistics. I know it's huge. I know it's big. But what NASCAR offers, uh, car manufacturing, uh, manufacturers, you know, different companies, all the companies that make up what we make a living in in our sport of NASCAR racing, man, they, they do it because it's business. There's value. The platform is incredible off the charts, you know, and uh, it works uh, for the team. It works for the racetracks. It works for NASCAR. It works for the drivers. The, like you said earlier, Tyler, uh, the whole industry is ran on sponsorship, you know, so it's just so important for all, you know, for racetracks, for race, uh, for team owners, for drivers, uh, the manufacturers. I mean, it's just uh, everything works on sponsorship, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're you're absolutely right about that. And uh, Dominic, I mean, you've seen the relationship between teams and sponsorship is so important, and you know how that that thing goes here. You know, we have an outside perspective, but there's a whole lot more going on, Dominic, than what we even see. You can only imagine, right? And I've heard of insider stories over the years, how a lot of companies, like, for example, Joe Gibbs Racing. I don't know the extent of the business-to-business -business model that the sponsors have, but I know a lot of the sponsors work together. I remember a veteran journalist telling me a story about how Hendrick Motorsports was able to get DuPont automotive finishes to sponsor Jeff Gordon in at Atlanta in 92. It was something to do with the, 
a deal with the dealership that Rick Hendrick was running at the time or dealerships. So there's always more layers to the sponsorship that we see at the NASCAR level and all these willing and dealing. I remember journalists telling me too, a lot of drivers, even in the Cup Series, there's some guys out there that, yeah, they brought sponsorship, but they're not getting paid for what they're doing in the Cup Series. And there's some guys making millions of dollars. There's just so much dynamics. And I think what makes NASCAR different from the other sports, and again, just an outsider perspective, you really don't know contract details in, in unlike other sports. It's not open and transparent like it is in the NFL or Major League Baseball. And I think that's where you see a lot of the creativity come in too, because a lot of that stuff isn't public. You have a lot of drivers and sponsors dealing and willing whatever they can to be able to get in the rise that they do have. You know, listen to you talk, Dominic, uh, you know, what you're, what you're saying, and it's very powerful thing, you know, for these team owners that have uh, Hendrick, you know, Hendrick, Rick Hendricks and his, uh, automotive group, you know, I, I don't know, you guys might know, but I believe he's got three or 400, maybe more dealerships across the United States. And when you have that type of, um, of a uh, corporation, I mean, uh, you know, you, you can go to the paint manufacturers, DuPont, so, you know, whoever, and say, hey, if you want to, if you want to be my dealership or my Hendrick Automotive Group de of dealerships, if you want to be our our paint supplier for all of our dealerships, then we need you to look at our racing program, you know. And that's called leverage, you know. And another one is comes to mind for me is uh, you know John Menard. Uh, you know John Menard is a God, what a great man, and puts his son Paul Menard. But, you know, the Menard stores is like a Lowe's or a Home Depot. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they, they have pumped so much money into this industry uh, for years. And I think they, uh, a lot of the different uh, products uh, that you buy at a, at a uh, Menard store, uh, a lot of the products are involved on the racing side, too. I think, you know, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think, you know, if you're selling your products in a Menard stores, you're probably donating to the sponsorship, What you know, wherever Menard's at. That's called leverage as well, you know. And, uh, you know, and, and some team owners are very, very fortunate and blessed to have leverage like that. You know what I mean? Uh, you think, you know, you think of Penske organization, you know, and there's several other ones out there that have that type of leverage. But, man, it's uh, – it's everything about our industry. Every race car driver needs a great sponsor. Every team needs funding. It's just so expensive. You got to have it, you know. And, and uh, man, the, the coolest part about NASCAR racing is, you know, you see all these thousands of companies involved in, in our sport, whether it be a racetrack uh, sponsorship, uh, the, our event sponsors, the races we run have sponsorships. Uh, the teams have sponsorship, NASCAR, the official official tire of NASCAR, the official uh, uh, tractor of NASCAR, you know, there's just, Soft you know. drink, uh, beer, all that, yeah. Absolutely, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all business, you know, it's just, it's business and uh, it's just how it works, you know what I'm saying? So tell me this, David, uh, when you look at other professional sports, all of those teams, you know, even those that spend money, we think about like the Los Angeles Dodgers or the New York Yankees or 
uh, Golden State Warriors, whatever it may be. At the end of the day, their goal is to turn a profit. They might not see it right away, but they feel like, hey, you know, we win a championship or whatever, we're going to make the merchandise and we're going to build a brand. Eventually down the road, we will see the fruits of our labor, you know, come forward and make a profit of some sorts. In the case of these NASCAR teams, these teams do not own their own stadiums. They don't have uh, a local fan base dedicated solely to them of some sorts. Things are different. Aren't these race teams kind of looking more so to break even as opposed to turning a profit like we see in stick and ball sports of sorts? Well, you know, every racing team is, is a business for someone, whoever the ownership is or owners. Uh, it's a business. And, uh, you know, they, it has employees. And, I mean, they, that business, you want you you it to be successful. And, uh, you know, the racing teams, they're looking to, to turn a profit as well, you know. And, and, you know, one of the cool things, just the whole sport of NASCAR racing, the NASCAR platform is incredible for any company. And uh, one of the things I see a lot, uh, uh, you know, a competitor to Whataburger, uh, another fast food hamburger chain that was involved with uh, Dale Earnhardt years ago, over 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I still see their name on T-shirts. I see their names on pictures. The residuals of, of that company being involved with, Richard Childress Racing and Dale Earnhardt back way back then, it still works for them today. You still see that signage, you see t-shirts, you see it in pictures, you know, it, it's amazing, you know, and, and like Dominic was talking earlier, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm so blessed with so many, so many great partners that give us the money, the funding so I can fund my team. I can give it to my racing team. So we can go out and buy better equipment. We can hire better uh, staff, better uh, uh, team uh, team members, fabricators, engineers, crew chief, mechanics, so and so, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, and and uh, the more money that you're able to bring in, funding wise, to to, to help fund a racing team, the faster you're going to go. You know, but you know you got to understand that. As much as we all need sponsors and these racing teams need sponsors, you know, the sport has got to work for them. They got to see a return on that investment. A company that gets involved in NASCAR racing, you know, they're, they're pumping lots of money into a team, into a driver, and they got to see a return on that investment. You know, if they're, if they're giving you a hundred bucks, they want $200, $200 and, and value and, and return and man the, the the national television exposure that we have with NBC and Fox uh, week in and week out just seeing the name on a race car is unbelievable. Uh, bringing bringing your partners, customers, and employees to the racetrack and laying out the red carpet for them, feeding them lunch, giving them radios, showing what happens behind the scene, let them sit on a pit box. Uh, just, you know, it's just a, a, an experience of a lifetime, you know, and the, lots of these companies that, that bring their customers and employees, man, they're like kids in a candy store. They don't want to leave, you know, and the, the, the atmosphere 
the uh, the 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 energy and the atmosphere at the racetracks is, is amazing. You know what I mean? And then the television exposure, and you know, I can speak for myself. Uh, you know, going out, uh, speaking engagements, uh, going to a party for one of your partners, and speaking to their customers, speaking to their employees, taking a race car to an event, and letting the letting the customers and employees take pictures with the race car. I mean, it's just endless, you know, but NASCAR, the platform that we have in NASCAR racing is off the charts. And you talked about NFL, Major League Baseball, the, you know, H, uh, the hockey. And, you know, one of the things every sport is fighting for for sponsorships in that in that sport. You know, we watch NFLs all day long on Sunday and Monday nights and you know, the NFL team, some teams have a lot of great partners. Some don't have as many partners. And, you know, some NFL teams, the markets they're in are much larger. I mean, you know, some NFL teams get a lot, lots and lots of money. Other ones just get lots of money, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's, uh, it's all business. But, man, one of the cool things about NASCAR racing is you, the fans, Without the eyeballs and the fans watching it on television, and you guys, y'all see it week in and week out, having 100,000, 200,000, 150,000 people at an event on a weekend, I mean, that's why the manufacturers are involved. That's why you see all these sponsors involved. That's why you got so-and-so tractor company, the official tractor of NASCAR, because it's just got such a huge following all over the world. And in uh, the NASCAR fans, they're so passionate. They're passionate for their drivers that they support. They're passionate for their manufacturers. They're passionate for the sport. And the, I think the biggest thing that our sport is proud of is the fan loyalty to the, to the companies that are involved in, 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 in the industry, whether it be on a race car, whether it be on a wall at a racetrack or a big signage banner or the sponsor sponsoring the race man i think our sport and i asked the question to dominic and to tyler and to you guys i think our sport is number one in fan loyalty to the different products and to the sponsors of our industry i think you're right brand loyalty goes a long way in nascar and david one of the cool things about being a journalist across any discipline right you get this access and you get to ask these questions and you get to you're, you're kind of representing the people of what you're covering, right? I'm not going to say we're politicians by any stretch of the imagination, but you're kind of representing the people in that niche. You get to be there and ask those questions that everybody is, is wondering. And kind of going back to that fan residual or the sponsorship residual, rather, that you were talking about, there was a fan that asked me, and who better than to ask a driver? So you talked about all the benefits that sponsorship brings, right? And from having corporate guests to, to fan giveaways. And the possibilities are endless. But I did have a fan ask me one time, good press or bad press, at the end of the day, do sponsors, I mean, even when a team has a driver crash out and that replay is being shown over and over and those logos are plastered all over the car, in a situation like that, is that still good press for a sponsor in your opinion, Dave? Well, absolutely it is. You know, obviously the, you know, the, what we do, our industry, it's all about winning. You know, it's about winning TV exposure, uh, you know, branding, marketing, um, you know, and, you know, you know, you guys, we race a lot of races in a 12, in a, you know, 11th month time. And, uh, you know, and let me tell you, man, as hard as we run, 
110% as fast as we run. We're all fighting for the same real estate at times. You know, uh, it's only a matter of when, you know, everybody wrecks. You try to keep them to a minimum, but having a, having a wreck uh, is not anything that anybody desires to be part of it, but it just, it's part of what we do. And uh, having a, NBC and Fox and all the media outlets that cover our, our races. I mean, it's 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 sometimes it's not a bad thing when you have a wreck because man, the camera is on that car that's wrecked or it's you know uh, it's only there for five minutes. You know what I mean? So you're getting exposure for your sponsor. It's all about TV exposure, but you know, bringing the customers, bringing your employees, rewarding them at the races, uh, just the engagement, engagement of having your race car driver, your, your spokesperson come to your, to your company functions or your corporate headquarters and talking to the employees and the customers, the big, you know, and then just, I think, you know, companies that bring their customers and entertain them at the racetrack, man, that's a, that's such a cool experience. And what a way to thank your customers, you know, what, what a way for us to thank our fans for being race fans is, is to bring something really cool. They have an experience of a lifetime that's something they'll never forget, you know. It's just the whole, everything that our industry, NASCAR, stock car racing offers a company, it's unbelievable. It's incredible, you know what I mean? And for all the partners we have, I mean, we, we don't, we're not into short-term sponsorships. Most, I'd say 85, 90% of the people that partner up with, with us, they're here for long terms because we go above and beyond to make sure that there's value for them and they know how much we appreciate what they're doing for us. And we're doing everything we can to make sure there's value, there's value, there's value for them. And, and another thing that we didn't really hit on is, man, when you bring customers and employees and give them experience of a lifetime and you're seeing your race car on television getting national TV exposure and the social media and just everything that comes with it. But, man, for you, you talked about it earlier, Dom. He said business to business, you know. We're, one of the things that we try to do for all our partner is to enhance their sales, enhance their services. Uh, and we're trying to get them, trying to get our other sponsors to buy their products or use their services. And it don't get much bigger than that, man. But if I feel like I work for 90 different companies, you know what I mean? Because I'm always trying to figure out what can we do out of the box? What can we do to get them more business? What can you get them to give them more exposure? Or how can we get this company to use their services? You don't ever stop thinking about that, you know? And uh, it's a beautiful thing. Man, you bring up a great point there. And that was what I was going to follow up with. Because I remember having a, a conversation with Corey LaJoy about two or three years ago. And he was kind of transitioning between rides. He was telling me, he goes, man, I will get in a chicken suit and do whatever I need to do to make a sponsor happy or do what I got to do. So, I mean, I was curious too, like in all the sponsorships you've worked with and all the endorsement deals you've had over the years, David, what is maybe the most out of the box or like the, the, the greatest length you've gone to, to, or at a sponsor's request to, to make them happy? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's all about what they want. Uh, you know, uh, you know, morally, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a 
you know, it's like, you know, I think a lot of our partners partners with us because, you know, we're champions on and off the racetrack. We carry ourselves like we're winners every day, you know what I mean? And I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of benefit in that, you know, and, and, you know, uh, Whataburger and, and, you know, all our other sponsors, you know, they know we're going to represent them. You know, once you have a company like Whataburger, it's just not on Saturday afternoons when you're racing. I'm a spokesperson for them 24 seven, you know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, just thinking about uh, what's the question you asked me, what are some of the crazy things some of our partners have asked us to do over the years? I, you know, nothing really stands out. There's been a lot of cool things, you know, having a construction company that sponsored me going around, going across America, going to power plants and gasoline refineries and chemical plants and talking about safety and teamwork in our sport is the same thing the construction industry deals with. Uh, you know, every day, every week, every year, safety, keeping people safe at work, uh, teamwork, people working together as a team. I mean, I don't know, you know, I think every industry, every type of company, you know, all the different people that work for these different corporations, they're, they're a team. They work together uh, to, ha to have a successful company, you know, and, and the safety aspect of it for anybody is, is important, you know, and uh but man, I've I've had the opportunity to, to go to some great places, represent some awesome partners, and talk to a lot of people about our industry. And uh, what an honor that is, you know, to feel like that you have value and people want to right. hear what you've got to say. It's just been a, it's amazing, so, man. So, David, along those same lines, have you ever gotten to a point where somebody, a sponsor, asked you to endorse or do something that you didn't want to do? I never, I've never uh, had a company uh, that wasn't uh, principle based or morally based that was way outside uh, when you start questioning their morals. I've never had that. I'm sure other drivers have had that come their way where they had to make a decision but man, people, hey, I'm 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 who I am, you know. I'm I'm a, you know, I I'm not going to change the person I I am. Uh, I feel like that, you know, morally and principle wise, that you know, I'm I feel like that. Hey, I'm I'm not going to change that for anybody. I was born and raised this way. I'm going to do what's right, uh, and and uh, you know, to to change you know, yourself to fit a sponsor or fit somebody's brand. No, I'm not going to do that. But, you know, for that brand to come to me and want me to be a spokesperson for them, uh, I just think that's a, uh, it's a compliment to you, you know, and, uh, and there are, there are some companies out there. Uh, I haven't ran into this that I'm not real sure, uh, that you know probably wouldn't work with who I am and what I stand for. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I, again, I have not run into that situation, but I know other drivers have. Have you know what I mean? And uh, but man, I just I love all our partners. The truth of the matter is, uh, this coming season in 2022 will be my 25th year. And I could have never raced and lived out the dreams and done all the cool racing and all the cool stuff without great partners. You know what I mean? And man, we have them. 
all across the country, you know, and, and there's lots of them. And I love, I love seeing them at the racetrack. They have a big old smile on their face. I, I don't, I can't remember having a bad experience for any of our partners, you know, they're just loving it. Their customers are loving it. Their employees are loving it. And it's just, it's amazing, you know, and I, and, you know, you guys, myself, I, I speak for us as a group. We're just blessed to be part of such a cool sport that gives you that awesome platform for us to go out and have great sponsors like Whataburger. You know, Whataburger is the sponsor of our podcast here. And they sponsor my racing team and myself, along with, you know, 80-some other companies. And, uh, man, what a what a, what a honor it is. And uh, we, we work hard to make sure that the there's value for what they're spending to make sure they see return on that investment and they know with with myself and with our podcasts and our teams that they're only going to get the best even even a bad day at the racetrack somebody wrecks you you know we're going to represent all our partners with class and dignity and and with some good positive energy that's great that's great uh, one more question from me, and then uh, if Dominic wants to add anything, go ahead, by by all means. But, David, uh, obviously it's kind of frowned upon of trying to steal sponsorship from other teams and other drivers of some sorts. What do you do as far as bringing new sponsors into the sport and trying to attract interest? Are you talking about cold calling them and just seeing what works, or is there usually a, usually a lead one way or the other? How does that go about of bringing in new partners into the sport that have never been a part of NASCAR before? Man, you know, it's a great, you know, I, I'm just so blessed and many more than I deserve. I have people, friends. Uh, Matt Jennings is another guy that's helped, that's helped me a lot, um, you know, and and uh, the, the relationships, the friendships you have with people across the country, uh, they see – how hard we work to take care of our, our sponsors, you know, because they're everything. And uh, so sometimes, you know, people that work for different companies, they say, hey, our company, uh, our company's looking, they're looking at motorsports, looking at IndyCar racing, or they're looking at drag racing. And uh, they'll call me up and say, hey, David, I think you ought to call our corporate headquarters tell them who you are and, and, you know, and see if you can get to the president or the CEO of the company and, you know, ask, tell them you'd like to, you know, set up a meeting with them and talk to them about <coughs> getting involved in NASCAR racing, you know, and a lot of times I cold call a lot of companies. A lot of them aren't interested. A lot of them are like, yeah, we'd love to talk to you about it, you know, and, uh, so you never know what you're going to get on the other end of the phone of, of the of the of the phone call, you know. And uh, it's always surprising. Sometimes companies I call just cold call them, and next thing you know, you're on the phone an hour with them. And the and the coolest part is they said, "Man, you're really David Starr." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm David Starr. Hang up, and call me back," you know. And they're 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 like, "We're looking at you know." They look you up on social media, look you up <laughs> on the computer, and they we're looking at you, you know. And I said, "Well, hey." You know, I remember one time I, uh, and it happened earlier this year, I, I cold called a company and uh, I was talking to the, the vice president of the company and it was a she. And she said, well, I'm looking at all your pictures. Are you sure this is David Starr? And I said, well, I'll, I'll take a picture of myself and text it to her. And I did. And she called me back. She said, man, I, she just thought that was the coolest thing that I was calling. I said, hey, 
you know, I'm just, you know, trying to raise enough money. We need more tires for this particular race. And they were in a certain uh, part of the country where we're racing at. And they ended up doing a, uh, a sponsorship with me, but they thought it was pretty cool that the race car driver, I was actually calling them. And, uh, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, we get lead, I get leads from friends. Uh, I cold call people. A lot of the partners we have currently, uh, they're always saying, hey, we know that we need more funding for the racing team so we can get a better motor, we can get a better this, or you just need more funding so we can get closer to winning the race. And a lot of our, and a lot of our current partners will, will hook us up with a customer or, or uh, you know, another company that they've heard looking to get into NASCAR. So it's really interesting how the leads come to you. You know, it's very interesting, but, you know, I just tell people, and you understand this, you guys, we're in the people business, man. Without people liking you, without people wanting to help you, without great partners, you know, there's there's no way it works for anybody. Absolutely right. Uh, that's a great point. And uh, we will go ahead and uh, shift gears to our news and notes segment. But before we do, just a reminder that the folks at Whataburger cook up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fix anytime, day or night. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. Whataburger. And we're not kidding about that, guys. On Wednesday night, I was having a good time with my buddies, uh, you know, being what they call Blackout Wednesday. And there was a Whataburger within walking distance about three minutes away from the bar I was at. And you better believe I walked myself in the rain to get me some Whataburger because I could not be denied. And I got the Whataburger. We had a great time. So it uh, helped my night go great, even better than well, what it was. Well, I got a place, Taylor. I'm, I'm on my way to Santa Fe this Friday. And I was texting to Lisa, what are we going to do for dinner? Because we try to get something to go out to eat with. And we're going back and forth. I said, oh, I got it. She lives up in Santa Fe. There's no Whataburger in Santa Fe, but there's one about 40 minutes from her house. I said, I got it. I'm going to order some Whataburger for us on the app. I'll go through the drive-thru. I'll, no, I'll park in the parking stall, even better. Have them deliver it to me, and I'll take it up to your house. We'll have Whataburger for dinner Friday night. She's like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> well, it wasn't, in the, it wasn't in the middle of the night or blackout Wednesday or whatever you called it, uh, Tyler. But, uh, you know, I drove to the Whataburger for lunch today, and I – and. <laughs> Man, y'all know what I had. <laughs> Let me get. What's that? If I remember correctly, it's the number one with no cheese, no tomato. That's perfect, man. With the Dr. Pepper and some onion rings, and it was yes. amazing, like it is every every minute <laughs> of other time I've been there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And we learned before the show that David would choose cheese over something else. We'll leave that to the imagination of what that something else is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Time for our news and notes segment. Uh, Dominic, uh, for a day after Thanksgiving in the month of November, there's actually quite a lot going on. A lot going on in the sport. We're going to catch you guys up on it. As you all know, in our motorsports news and notes segment, we go and cover and just talk about the weekly news that's going on in our sport. And one of the biggest headlines that come out of this week, November 30th, a lot of outlets reporting that the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway might be eventually added back to the NASCAR National Touring Schedule. 
the fairgrounds last held a cup race in 1984 jeff bodine was the last winner at that racetrack but the mayor and proposals are going around guys we could see potentially two nashville races on the schedule at some point nashville fairgrounds looking like they could be added back at some point to the schedule awesome awesome market uh Man, my dad, when he was working with Tony Bittenhausen Jr. and Ronnie Chumley, they used to go to the Nashville Fairgrounds in the late 60s, early 70s. Racing, there's so much rich history of racing there at the Nashville Fairgrounds. And now with the Nashville Super Speedway, I'm so excited. Uh, racing in the NASCAR Kemp World Truck Series for as long as I did, I think the first five years of my career in the Truck Series we raced at the Nashville Fairgrounds, and man, what a historical, cool, short track. Man, I I love that racetrack, and I'm so excited, uh, Dominic, to hear, hear the news. I didn't know that, but man, that is some cool news. And I knew that the NASCAR Cup Series raced there for years. Uh, I didn't know that 1984 was the last cup race there, and it was won by Jeff Bodine, but man, and all my history books that I've gotten over the, in the libraries over the years in high school, you know, I always read about Nashville, the fairgrounds at Nashville, the half-mile short track there. And they had tons of cup races there. And uh, it's cool to see the city finally get behind such a historical, awesome short track. And I'm excited that NASCAR, there's talk that they're going to bring the Cup Series back to the fairgrounds. That's just great news. Well, and uh, Dominic, we saw that the Nashville Super Speedway race this year was so well received. Mm -hmm. The fairgrounds has got so much more history and tradition here. I love the idea of not only NASCAR having its presence in Nashville, but going back to its roots of the fairgrounds. This seems like a win-win, and we still might have the Super Speedway involved, too. Absolutely. Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the Nashville race one of the highest rated races of the year? It was. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great market for NASCAR. I mean, there's a reason the awards banquet has been there the last few years and fans in the Southeast. I mean, NASCAR and its roots and, and its deep history, it makes sense. This is certainly a move I think that a lot of fans are going to be happy with. And especially you talk about fans that have been following NASCAR for a long time, those fans that have been around since the 70s and 80s. This has to be music to their ears, no pun intended, with Music City. No doubt about it. And I went by Texas Motor Speedway earlier today to see Rob, uh, the new general manager, Rob Ramage. And, uh, and I walked into his office and they said, well, Rob's not here. He's in Nashville for the Cup Series banquet. And I forgot all about that, you know. So I think, you know, the famous, uh, famous Broadway where all the honky tonks and all the cool stuff is in downtown Nashville will be inundated with some cool cup cars doing some burnouts here the next couple of days. I don't even know. Uh, when the cup banquet is, is it is it Thursday night or Friday night? Thursday. Thursday. Man, that's that's cool, man. That's country music and NASCAR racing, man. It goes together well, that's for sure. Yeah. I love what Nashville has become for NASCAR guys between the awards banquets and now, you know, being a part of the NASCAR schedule. I mean – it, it, it's got everything. You know, Nashville is a city that, I'll be honest, is a place I would love to live at some point in time if that ever presented itself. And you think about it, 
of being right in the heart of Tennessee, NASCAR country, one of the entertainment capitals of the United States. Um, you know, th this is a sport that we have to think about, guys, is not just about attracting the fans that live in these areas, but also you have to attract a fan base that is willing to make a vacation out of these race weekends. And between Nashville and Las Vegas, I think those are about the two cities in America that you say to yourself that those are destination vacation cities. And, and to see two races at Las Vegas already, and it looks like two races at Nashville, that just makes sense for this sport, David. Absolutely, man. And I, uh, you know, when we raced at the fairgrounds and then we they built the Nashville Super Speedway, man, just that Nashville, the, the, the history of how much racing, you know, I remember uh, looking at a bunch of old racing programs that my dad had. I read a lot about Marty Robbins and Marty Robinson, the country singer that just loved racing the NASCAR Cup Series and, uh, Daryl Walter from the Nashville area, you know, the late, great Bobby Hamilton, Sterling Marlin. There's just been a lot of great race car drivers that come from that part of the country. But, man, it's just uh, with, the, with the country music, the entertainment. I remember, uh, you know, when we went to Nashville Super Speedway, was it May we were there? Uh, man, I, I think before the cup race Sunday, I was uh, walking to my car. I couldn't believe it, man. I saw Kid Rock. I went over and talked to Kid Rock for about 10 minutes. He was a big race fan. I couldn't believe that Kid Rock was standing right by my cup car. I was like, wow, man, that was amazing. And just all the country singers that were there uh, and the fans, man, they, they, uh, that place was sold out. It was, there was, man, it was amazing how many people were there. Uh, it was just a great weekend, but I, I'm just so glad to hear. Uh, here are the news, and uh, I think, like you said, Tyler, Nashville's uh, uh, the the, his, the the history of NASCAR and the fans from that part of the country. They're just your diehard NASCAR race fans for sure. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Dominic, what else we got? So we know in 2022, uh, the driver that got, can we say a double promotion? He bypassed the Xfinity Series. We know Todd Gillen is doing cup racing in the year 2022. Front Row Motorsports announced on November 30th that Todd Gillen, third-generation driver, Todd, uh, David Gillen, Butch Gillen, father and grandfather, respectively, will be running in the Cup Series in 2022 in the 38 car. Michael McDowell will return as his teammate. This will mark the fourth different driver in that car over the last four seasons and a rookie in the last three seasons. And, guys, I mean, I'm really impressed. I mean, this is kind of the Kurt Busch approach. Kurt Busch, as you might recall, bypassed the Xfinity Series completely when he jumped from the Truck Series to the Cup Series in 2001. And that's what's going to happen here with Todd Gilland taking the reins of that 38 car. Well, and, and the other thing, David, is that we saw Front Row have success last year, not just the Daytona 500, but Michael McDowell had some great moments this year. We know with the next-gen car, this being the great equalizer of some sorts here, I'm happy for David Golan, and I'm happy for uh, Front Row Motorsports here to, uh, you see, I, and I say David, I mean Todd, uh, to get this opportunity. Uh, this is a great chance for Front Row to try to compete and uh, see what they have here right away uh, with a guy that is uh, part of a good family, a good family of racers here. 
Man, I'm I'm excited to see Todd Gillen get this opportunity and and you know uh, Dominic's talking about bypassing the Xfinity series, but man, what Todd Gillen did in the Truck Series this year, guy was a contender almost every race. Obviously, just an excellent, awesome race car driver. And man, he's got the skill set to jump into the Cup car, especially with the new the new car in 2022. I wouldn't be surprised to see. Uh, Todd Gillen in victory lane, I mean, uh, in the Cup Series in 2022 with the way how equal equal these uh, the Cup car is going to be uh, the first part of the 2022 season. But good for good for that young man. Good to, and, and like y'all said, it, Todd comes from a great racing family, good people. His dad, David, uh, was always a tough competitor. And it's, it's cool to see somebody from the Truck Series uh, get that phone call to go up and race uh, in the biggest racing series in the world. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for Todd, and uh, I look for big things to happen with him and Michael McDowell in 2022. Yeah, that's a fun story for sure to see uh, that organization, the way things have uh, played out there. Certainly uh, excited for them, what they have coming forward. Dominic, anything else? Nope, that'll do it. And with that, we're on to you, Tyler, with everybody's favorite segment. What's it called again? Uh, Ask David. That's and right. uh, by the way, uh, one more note of sorts. Uh, just got announced that The Clash will air on the Big Fox Network. Originally, it was slated for FS1, but instead, to open up the year, we will see it on the Big Fox and uh, live from the L.A. Coliseum. As an Oklahoma fan, I hope that uh, new head coach of USC, Lincoln Riley, is not involved. That's another whole. That's a whole other story that will. <laughs> you can go to my Twitter feed and find out more there. Uh, all right, before we get to our Ask David segment, uh, stop by Whataburger for a hot, hearty breakfast any morning or late at night. They're serving our breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. What? A burger. All right, David, let's go ahead and get to the inbox. And uh, this time, we're going to start out with a question from Kelly. Kelly wants to know, David, what is your favorite part about Christmas? Well, I just, man, every, everything about it. I, I, I love, uh, if you could see the front of my house, man, my Christmas lights, are they look great. There's a bunch of them. And, uh, man, just, uh, I don't know, the Christmas music, uh, the cookies, uh, man, I just love the meaning of Christmas. Um, I, I, man, there's just, I love every aspect of it, man. I, I, uh, I, me and my boys and my wife go downtown and ride in a horse and buggy carriage and look at the Christmas lights in a neighborhood. Uh, we go to plays. It's just, man, I'm like a kid still when it comes to Christmas. But, man, I, I love Christmas lights. I love Christmas trees. I love Santa Claus. It's just good to feel like a, a kid again. And uh, I love the meaning of it. And, man, it's just uh, it's just a happy time of year. Uh, you know, I just feel like, uh, you know, no matter what's going on in the world and in, 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 in our great nation or political or whatever man when christmas is here you see people smiling it's a happy time of year the christmas music man i'm uh, i've been listening to christmas music for about 10 days now man i'm just uh, 
I love it, man. I I, I love Christmas. What? How about you guys? What is the what, what's the best part for you guys? To me, it's that Mariah Carey song. All my all I want for Christmas is you. You know, I can listen to that all day long. You know, I mean, I love me some Mariah Carey. There you, uh, go. you know. If, if all she wants for Christmas is me, that's great. I'll take it. <laughs> no, what about you? What's your favorite part about Christmas? Oh, it's so hard to top that, Tyler. But I think my favorite part is just the traditions that we have our family. Like we go to Christmas Eve mass and then we go to my grandparents and we have a big spread of food and then we gather on Christmas Day and open presents. So that, that's always really cool. And I have to ask you guys, because this is a New Mexico thing and, and it may or may not be outside of our state but i know our state's very traditional with a lot of foods and customs and traditions i'm curious if either of you guys know what biscochito cookies are and if so if you like them or dislike them because that's a big thing around this time christmas time they're kind of like a sugar cookie with cinnamon and anise and a little bit of sugar really really good but i'm curious no i've never heard of it have you ever had a biscochito david Man, I, I'm I'm not real sure. I don't I don't understand what he's talking about, Tyler. But I love my Christmas. I love my Christmas cookies, man. I, I can assure you, uh, God, I love Christmas cookies. Thin uh, sugar cookies with some with some icing on them, and man, it's just uh, I'm not real sure, Dominic. I understand what type of cookies you're talking about. But, but, man, I love the cookies at Christmas time. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't think it's the same thing here in Texas. But, uh, but if it's cookies, I'm sure uh, I would enjoy them. There are, they are really good cookies. I'll tell you guys what. When I see you here in a few weeks, just after Christmas, we'll get you guys to try some Biscochitos, and we'll get your guys' reaction on camera. How about that? Awesome, like man. That, that'll work. That'll work. I like so, it. And uh, we're doing a, a big Christmas special sometime the day, a couple days after Christmas, down in Dallas, myself and – Dominic, we'll be making our way down there and spending a couple of days with David. We're going to be staying in his house and everything. Should be a lot of fun. Awesome. So look for that, forward to that coming up later on next month. All right, uh, next question. This comes from Carly. David, uh, Carly wants to know, is there an athlete in another sport that you think could make for a good race car driver? Man, is that a, that's cool. That's a cool – what a cool question. You know what I mean? I, uh, golly, I, I, man, I don't know. I just, maybe Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, I mean, cause this guy, man, he, uh, he doesn't age. He, man, he's just, he's on top of his game. Seems like he gets better, uh, as he gets older. Um, he's passionate, uh, very passionate about football and man, and, 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 Man, he just, uh, you know, his uh, his desire and dedication to the game to be the best of the best obviously is created the all-time best in, him, in himself. But, man, I'd have to say Tom Brady, man. I think Tom would have been, Tom would have been a, a great race car driver just because of uh, what he's done as the – the goat of NFL quarterbacks, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, that's a great question. I, I, I love to hear you, your guys' opinion and thoughts on that. Well, I'll jump in real quick before Dominic goes. Um, I have a little story on this. All right, all good. Fronts. So a couple of years ago, I interviewed former Chiefs running back Darwin Thompson when he was drafted, literally within a couple of days of he was drafted. 
And I asked him, I said, so what do you want to accomplish? What are your goals? And just an open-ended question, right? And he says to me, he says, well, after football, I want to get into NASCAR and I want to be a NASCAR driver. Wow. And I said, have you watched my, what, have you watched much NASCAR? Have you gotten into it? And he's like, no, no, no. I don't want, I, I have not watched hardly any of it. I don't know much about it, but I want to give it a shot. Well, Darwin, he's a free agent right now. He doesn't have a job. So maybe uh, now's his time to go ahead and uh, flip the page and give it a shot at NASCAR. Maybe he'll come to the uh, David Starr Texas High Performance Racing School or something. Man, what a what a cool story, uh, Tyler. I had no idea. That's pretty awesome, man. And he won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. So he, he had a decent career in the NFL. Now he might be time for him to transition to something else. So who knows? Absolutely. Who knows? The one I would have loved to see, because I know he did commercials with Dale Earnhardt Jr., and he was partnered, I think, with Dale Jarrett with the Bush Series team in the late 90s, and he's a big NASCAR fan. I'd love to see what Brett Favre could have done behind the wheel of a stock car. I mean, even it's not too late, right? Brett's in his late 40s, early 50s, it's never too late. I think Brett Favre in a stock car would be a pretty cool sight, if you ask me. I totally agree with you there, Dominic. That's pretty awesome, man. I was a big fan of Brett Favre's. Wow. That would be cool. That'd be cool to see him behind the wheel of a stock car. That'd be awesome. But, man, what a cool question that was. <laughs> Certainly out of left field. I love it. That's No, ex- no that's doubt exciting. about it, man. Thank you, Carly, for uh, sending us that question. As yeah, always, you, you can Carly. send us questions at uh, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. Also, Facebook, David Star Podcast, and by Twitter, at Star Podcast. You can find us there. We're about to go and wrap up today's show. Before we go, David, tell us what's going on with you this week, man. Man, I just uh, <clears throat> uh, catching up, putting my Christmas tree up at my house. Trying to take care of some racing school business uh, and NASCAR business, uh, uh, lining up some meetings with my sponsors. Uh, just uh, so that's, you know, uh, buying a new laptop computer, just man, lots, lots of uh, business stuff this week. And uh, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, after the Thanksgiving holidays, man, it's like it's back to the grind, you know what I mean? But I enjoyed them. But, uh, but man, just a lot of racing business going on right now is what's keeping me busy during the days these days right now. How about you, Dominic? Yeah, I'll be staying busy here in Grants. I'll spend the weekend up in Santa Fe. Looking forward to that and just continue to, to cover the news and the notes for the sport on racingexperts.com. And our staff always doing a good job doing that. Jonathan Phil, Justin Malillo. We're a good little team working, and Adam Kuhn, appreciate all you guys when you guys are listening. So thanks for all you guys do for the company. And how about you, Tyler? What do you got over the next few days? Man, uh, on my front, we're getting ready for the college football playoff. We're going to know the uh, college football playoff top four on Sunday. And uh, so I'm doing some TV stuff over the next couple of days, getting ready for that, as well as covering the National Football League. Going to be talking to former Oklahoma State quarterback, College football analyst uh, Clint Shelf on my TV show this weekend, breaking down the uh, college football playoff semifinals. So that'll be exciting. But a uh, lot to cover over the next couple of days. Certainly excited about that. And, uh, guys, we got to go. Big thanks uh, to you, the listener, for joining us, as well as our entire crew. It's been a fun year so far. Here's to many years of Let's Go Racing here 
uh, on the program. Certainly uh, check us out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. And make sure to hit that like button. We certainly would appreciate it if uh, you do so there. And uh, check out the Studio Soapbox Network. This show out each and every week, as well as my show, The Jones Report, and the uh, Raw Tools Show with Luke Slaybaugh and uh, the Coach Bo Knows Podcast all on the uh, Studio Soapbox Network. Some great stuff there. Check it out. We certainly would appreciate it. We'll put the checker flag out on this episode for Dominic Argon and David Starr and Tom Jones. Thanks so long. This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week. So long, everybody.